We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to your first edition of the 2021-22 <laughs> season of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow are coming to you on Wednesday night, just before 10 p.m. The Mavericks have defeated the Utah Jazz 111-101 at home in their first play or in their first preseason game. Josh, how are you? I'm good, and welcome to doing a post-game podcast in the Central Time Zone. For the first time. It's a good point. It's a good it, point. It feels it is, good. It is not almost midnight at no, your house. It's delightful. That's a really great point. I I I it's not, you know, that's gonna be life changing over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. I think I'm looking forward to it. So man, what a you know, for a preseason game, I've gotta say, and I wrote this in the recap tonight because I'm a I'm a glutton for punishment and signed <laughs> myself the first recap. I enjoyed what I saw um, a great deal, to be quite honest with you. Now, the Jazz and the Mavericks were each playing shorthanded, so it's not a representative game of very much. Uh, But once we kind of got out of the morass of the opening quarter, where it felt as if the the, um, Mavericks were just, gosh, how to, it, the, Things felt skittish. I did not love the flow of the offense. There were some weird post-ups. There were just some some kind of things that we had been, you know, assuming would happen, but weren't entirely sure just because you have Luka Doncic. And then, you know, towards the end of the first quarter, they started to loosen up a little bit and play. You know, it's like they were looking to take, like, long twos and getting to the basket kind of no matter what. And then they started just sort of started taking what the defense gave to them. And as a unit, you know, really as a team things things seem to kind of come together for the Mavericks and even though they started down in the first quarter in the second quarter the the both the starting unit and then the bench unit uh where led by Jalen Brunson really just pounded the crap out of the Jazz it, it was not really a game following the set you know pro- following probably the first few minutes of the of the second quarter yeah and it helps that I think the Mavericks played um more starters than the Jazz did 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jazz didn't have Gobert. They didn't have Conley. They didn't have Mitchell. They didn't have Ingles. And, you know, the Mavericks had THJ, Przingis, Doncic, Kleba, Bullock. You know, like they played a lot of a lot of their guys. So that, that helped. You know, Br- like Brunson was – when Brunson was on the floor, he was better – you know, he's – he was, you know, maybe aside from Jordan Clarkson, but he was like the best player on the floor when he was on the floor without Luca, uh, just talent wise. So, so that was, it was nice for them to handle, handle this jazz team. Uh, it was nice that they kind of got into a rhythm as the game went on. Cause I'm not going to lie. I got a little scared uh, <laughs> watching the first quarter. Um, I know it's preseason, but you know, they only took 33s and, you know, we just, we just talked about this, uh, mm-hmm. about, how Jason Kidd coached teams in the past don't take a lot of threes. So uh, we definitely saw that tonight. And who knows if that's just we saw that tonight because it's, hey, first preseason game and things are going to be ugly no matter what, or if it's part of, you know, the the style that Kidd wants to implement. Um, you know, the Mavericks definitely got to the rim, you know, or tried to get to the rim a lot. Uh, and that was another staple of the Jason Kidd teams. They were always like top top ten, top five, and in, in shots at the rim per game. So, uh, and they also were a high turn high turnover team. The Mavericks had a lot of turnovers. So, uh, it's it's one game. You know, it's preseason. It obviously, you know, it's you can't take much away from it. It just made me kind of arch my eyebrow a little bit. Their turnovers came in bunches, though, they where they had five in the first seven minutes. Um, and, and a couple of them were just, it's like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Porzingis post-ups a different day. I, I don't want to kick him for anything right now because I, I, I want to, but you know, the, the turnovers kind of come and go. Um, I do want to ask you though, like, what's the one thing, like the one positive thing that you're taking away from this game? Uh, I liked that most of the young guys kind of showed something. And that was like, that was just fun. And it's always good to get a win first off. Like I know it's preseason, but like, you know, you like, you like to win games. It's better than losing. Uh, it keeps the locker room vibes uh, pretty good. Uh, but I, I enjoyed watching the young guys. And as someone who did not, was not able to pay too much attention to the Mavericks summer league and does not watch a lot of college ball, you know, seeing guys like, Oh man, I hope I do not mispronounce his last name. Om Omoruye, Eugene Omoruye. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing him, uh, seeing Hunt, uh, seeing Jones, like those guys all made plays. Like, uh, not necessarily saying they were great the whole time they're on the floor, but it, it felt like just about every young guy, except for one, which I think we probably will talk about, or at least I want to talk about later. Uh, made made an impact and and it was nice to see and I also liked that uh, the Mavericks got the the Boban stuff out of the way in the third quarter and the fourth quarter like those guys played without Boban I know how much did we talk about that when the young guys got minutes last year and they played with Boban and it's like God like they're just throwing the ball in the Boban in the post and standing around like they got to run like it it was it was just it was fun I don't know how much to take away from it but it was nice to see them make plays and it was nice to see them close the game out uh, and and. You know, just a, it was just a breath of fresh air for me to see that. So the thing that I really harped on, and I, I probably wrote the most words about this in my recap, was just how nice it was to see both Porzingis and then secondarily, and this one I didn't really expect, Maxi Kleba really moving well. Like Porzingis' stat line is not 
you know, he had seven points and four boards. He also had three assists and a couple of blocks. Um, I felt that on defense in particular, he was moving better than I can remember really going back to the bubble. Now that may just be me and my grumpiness with Porzingis aside, but I felt that he was moving. He wasn't moving with trepidation. Uh, so much of what I remember about last year was just him shuffling and trying not to make mistakes as opposed to just playing. And I felt watching him tonight that he moved with a fair amount of confidence um, and that was really just nice to see. Now I could be completely full of shit. Maybe people will <laughs> tell me about this, but I, that was something I was hoping to see. And it delivered. The second one was also maxi because, you know, one of the things that gets kind of buried was how maxi last year was really quite, was really quite bad. Um, he's such a reliable player, but there are aspects of his game where if you look into how he was playing, he was not the same player. He was his previous three seasons. He shot 46% from two point range. That's a indicative. That's indicative of the fact that he just could not move uh, and was doing a lot of basically standstill stuff tonight. I watched him attack the basket, uh, both off the dribble and then off of cuts, which was not something I really recall a lot of last year. Now that could be part of, you know, Carlisle's sort of, and really the, you know, the boring offense the Mavs were running last year at times um, with a lot of just standing. And I, I really enjoyed that part as well. Just There's just enough off-ball movement to make me happy. Um, and I, I don't really know what, if I'm overreacting, but it, it was something that that is, I'm going to really try to keep an eye on insofar as we can with these future, these next preseason games. Yeah, that was cool. It was good to see. I, I think I would agree with you physically on Kleba and Przingis. Uh, Przingis had some nice, you know, the two blocks. He guarded the rim fairly well. That was great to see. Uh, offensively, he still kind of looked a little doo doo, um, mm-hmm. just kind of forcing things inside the three point line. You know, kind of doing that mechanical thinking it through too much. You know, kind of yeah. predetermining what he's going to do with the ball before he gets the ball, kind of stuff that we saw. You know, he was one of four from three. You know, his three point shot has been a little inconsistent since he's been in Dallas. Uh, but yeah, you know, otherwise, you know, that stuff is whatever. And in, in, in terms of like, hey, can he move? And, and it looked like he was moving. You're, uh, I agree with you about the off-ball stuff, the cutting. Let's see what that results right. in. Uh, if that becomes like a detriment to their three-point attempts, that's something I want to keep an eye on. Like, like uh, there's a way for them to do both. Like, I hope, I hope the way the I hope the Mavericks coaching staff doesn't look at it as like one or the other. Like, uh, there's room for for them to keep shooting the threes that they need to be shooting and also to, to, you know, move off the ball and get Luca moving around off the ball. Maybe uh, they tried to post up Luca a bunch in the first quarter. It looked like So he did that last year too, but I wonder if that's going to be a point of emphasis. Um, yeah. I mean, otherwise, I mean, I'm ready to pivot into a, a fairly negative aspect unless there's something else good that you want to, <laughs> you want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I'm really <laughs> like, I, I was trying not to, to do, to look for anything too much, you know, in that regard, because I'm just not sure how much there is to take away from it. That, right. that is negative. Like I liked the defensive effort. Yep. I, I, I felt that they were switching a bit earlier on some of those drives guys still got to the basket, you know, but that's, that's just <laughs> going to happen. And 
I mean, they gave up 52 three-point attempts, and I think that's partially by Jazz's offensive design, things like that. I don't, you know, again, it's an overreaction to a half of basketball. Um, That's, you know, there were just enough little things where I was like, okay. And then the really the only other positive takeaway is just, my God, Luka Doncic is still so good. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I mean, no no worries about Luka if Luka is ready for the season. So uh, that was great. Um, So what do you got? Uh, man, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this because it's one preseason game and, you know, he was already dragged across the coals at times. I thought unfairly last season, uh, but good God, man, Josh green, uh, his, his 18 minutes were, were not good. looks great. like a guy doesn't know how to play. Yeah. Uh, that's the part that's really disappointing. Like I'm not, you know, everyone has, if you're everyone that that's reasonable, kind of knows what the ceiling of a Josh Green type player is going to be. So like, we're not expecting flashy box score stuffing type things. Right. Like we're just looking for good solid defense and, and at least a, a modicum of, of offensive awareness. And that offensive awareness was just nowhere to be found. Uh, I mean, Kirk, he took a, he, he curled, you know, from, from the corner and ran into and, and kind of caught into a pick and roll and shot, you know, uh, a free throw line jumper that he missed and i'm he like shot a dark fade away off of a like wild ass but, spin that even harp was like you gotta know when to take that shot dude he was <laughs> 0 for three and he took no he took zero threes um, yeah he passed up two open looks like um, and which is what we which was yeah. what was bad with for him last year like he only well, took what he, i mean he only hear took me like out. 24 threes hear me out in order to get better at basketball you have to fucking play basketball and he has not actually played basketball like practice is not basketball you need game stuff and if he's not going to play in the olympics he's not going to play in summer league this is i didn't even think about this it's it's fun because you know i don't even think i wrote about josh green like i just don't think about josh green he's going to be a bonus for me well that's bad and and the, the my counter to this that that makes it like really disappointing is kirk in the third quarter and the fourth quarter when he was on the floor with uh Jones and Amuire and Hunt um and Moses Brown uh he was he, the worst player. Yes. Yeah. He, and it wasn't he, it wasn't close either. Yes. Like it, 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 yeah, yeah, I agree. Like the, the fact that these guys are that um, all those guys I mentioned are rookies and that they're they're not the you know undrafted rookies that are fighting for a roster spot and those guys are popping off the television screen significantly more than than the 18th overall pick in the 2020 nba draft like yeah, yeah. that's a pro that's a problem t- to me and I- i'm sorry yeah, to get an eye on. yeah, yeah I- i'm I- i'll stop harping on it too much because i think i can kind of sense myself getting really riled sure. up about it and i and i and it's and i i shouldn't because i i was the one who was always trying to preach patience with green because i know yeah. a lot of us got fed up with him at various points last season but that was just well, it's it was a just so disappointing that the Mavericks commentator crew, who is a relentlessly positive bunch, even those three were kind of struggling to say anything nice because he just made mistakes. Now yeah. I didn't write about it because I'm trying not to. Like I just right. didn't want to of do course, it, but of it's 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 one of those things. We're gonna do a green room. I'm gonna do a green room right after this, and I'm looking forward to hearing what people say because. The, my green rooms are wonderful in that like everyone who thinks i'm a grump um you know i'm just apparently channeling the id of like lots of grumpy people because it, I, the green stuff is so interesting because like like at maps money ball we have a regular crew of comment commenters really love the people and there's 
lot of folks that are just that, that are insistent on on telling our writers and telling our other commentators like look you just need to preach patience you, that this is going to be fine and it's obviously the first preseason game so in that sense it's correct but there just has to be something to get you to buy in past concepts and when you watch what the guys that the that we at Mavs Moneyball wanted on the Mavericks and you know in all three of the current 2020 Dallas Mavericks draft picks are absolute busts. Tyrell Terry is nowhere to be seen again for personal reasons. I am not I, let me be clear about this. I am not criticizing personal reasons or whatever he's not there for, but in order to be a professional basketball player you have to be available to play. And he's just not. So I don't know what to do about that. So right. you put all these things together and it's just like it's looking like the last major chance the Mavericks had to add young talent, they blew yes. it. And that's yeah. why none of those guys are here anymore. That's Man. why, you know, that's why Bob's not part of the Mavericks. That's why Donnie Nelson went away. Like they screwed up a lot of stuff and the Mavericks are going to have to to figure out a way to to succeed in spite of them. But, right. you know, it's it's one preseason game. He has, will have more opportunities cuz that's one thing you're right about. His kid plays young guys. Yeah. Sorry, my dog just coughed next. It would it would not shock me if he like had 8 points in the next game and like 3 assists or something. Like so I don't want to get too down, but it was like, sure. you know, Omoruyi had had 12 minutes he had six rebounds in 12 minutes three assists like it, it was just that was the part like him disappointing you know zero points in 18 minutes you know whatever like the stat line was disappointing in one way but the thing that really got me was what you said when he shared the floor with all those undrafted free agents uh, and he looked like the worst NBA player of them like it, that was the part where I was like oh man like that that was the part that really bummed me out. So yeah, we need to probably move on because it is preseason game number one, and this take could be outdated in, in a matter of, of a week or so. But just not not a good like you know when we're watching preseason, there's it's hard to take away anything and it's hard to find things that stand out because everything is so uh, you know vanilla. Uh, so that the fact that like that just stood out to me so much considering everything else was kind of you know typical preseason first game of the preseason. So maybe that's why I'm, I'm harping on it a little more than I, I thought I would. Well, there's probably not much more to talk about. Um, there are some newsworthy elements going on right now, which I'm kind of reticent to get into because I don't feel like dealing with the various aspects of social media and our fan base who tell on themselves whenever they comment on this issue. But I'm just going to break. I'm just, we're just going to talk about it real quick anyway. Trey Burke didn't see any minutes, um, which is a, it's significant when you have like 20 guys <laughs> that Trey Burke doesn't play. And I, I, don't believe he, I don't think he was listed as one of the veterans that was getting a night off. Yet. No. And, so. and they say at there, like, like uh, Tim McMahon is reporting after the game uh, that they designated him as an emergency player. Like what sort of emergency would have to de- befall for the Mavericks to play him is not like, <laughs> it's a cop out. He's not playing because he, he is the lone unvaccinated player, and the Mavericks are probably going to move on from him. Like I, I have gotten crushed from people for saying this, and and I am I, I I've not talked about this on the pod, but I'm just going to because I've had enough nasty stuff said to me. Like guys, I, I wasn't saying it for any you know. I, did I cook him alive in that in that post? Yes, but what I said were his own words and actions. So people who are accusing me of of, of calling of, of a hit piece against Burke, I just found myself a little frustrated because I'm pointing out that at, in terms of, of what's going on, the Mavericks were likely to move this way. It was not necessarily my feelings, though I do, you know, I am pretty intense about this. 
But that's just something that, that's going to be worth watching too. Because like I, my wife and I were watching the game closely and because they're awesome. There's some awesome bench shots of like everybody celebrating some of the dunks and Boban threes. And I don't think Burke was there. And that like, it stood out. It just does. Because, you know, the Mavericks needed guards and to watch like Carlick Jones come in and cook was just, I mean, number one, it was awesome. But number two, I just, I, I really thought Burke was going to play. Like, I didn't think it was going to be like this. So. Yeah, I mean, and they have to. They have one guaranteed contract over the over the limit to go into the season. So, like, someone is getting cut, and I mean, if if you're going to be the guy that could potentially miss games because of you know protocols, I mean, it's <laughs> this isn't an, this isn't like a hard decision. Like, it's kind of right. it's what yeah. you do, man. It's yep. how, how it works right now. So anyways, I know people don't want to hear about that, but it was just something that I thought was was, you know, semi newsworthy in relation to what we're talking about. Okay, Josh and I will be back or maybe me and someone else on Friday. We're still figuring out it's preseason. We're not married to our schedules. Um, There's going to be a green room that will I'm going to record right after this that will go live on your feed probably tomorrow afternoon in time for your ride home. Uh, and then we will have, you know, uh, regularly scheduled content um, just due to, you know, the natures of our personal lives. Josh's two, uh, he has two more posts that he's been writing like questions. Well, we're going to run those next week, but there's plenty of other content at Mavs Moneyball. Uh, Lucas Q, our writer, just said he actually asked Jason Kidd a question in the post game, um, which I'm looking forward to seeing what he wants to write about there. Uh, please keep coming to our site. We're going to be doing a little gambling writing, uh, things of that nature that we're just sort of, uh, you know, we're going to dip our toes into some new areas this year to see if people are interested in the content. We appreciate you listening. For those of you uh, who I made mad, I'm sorry. Uh, this has <laughs> been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe here at Mavs Moneyball, and we will talk to you guys in a few days. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.